Hey guys, it's Lindsay with NBC Media. Thanks for listening to our podcast and be sure to look at our website for events that you can get involved in. See you next Sunday. Um, this is not your typical Palm Sunday service, okay? Or Palm Sunday uh, message. Um, I would really enjoy going through the book of Luke. Now, next week, yes, we will be doing a more traditional Easter out of the book of Luke, okay? But then we'll go back, and then uh, I did want to uh, do this. We talked about this in our leadership team the other night. In May, the first Sunday of May, I'm going to be to doing a sermon based upon gift mapping. Uh, usually you would do that on a Wednesday night, but we really have more people here on Sunday. So uh, we're going to do that, and then we're going to follow up that night with a exercise that we'll go through that has us look at our different um, tests, us, I guess we should say, on the, the gifts that we may or may not possess and where we're strong at. And then we're going to be going in very early this year to looking for people to fill positions in the church. So we do that. So we can see what we're gifted in and then fulfill and use those gifts in different areas of the church. And I'm really looking forward to that. So that'll start on the first Sunday of May. But uh, hopefully we can get through uh, Luke by then. If not, we'll just keep on going. I, I really like this. But in your Bibles, if you would, please, Luke 9, Luke 9 and verses 1 through 6, traditional or a very familiar set of verses. And uh, in your Bible, it may say... Uh, Jesus calls out the twelve, okay? But uh, let's look at this together. And it says, And he called the twelve together and gave them the power and authority over all demons and to cure diseases. And he set them out to proclaim the kingdom of God and to heal. And he said to them, Take nothing for your journey, no staff, no bag, no bread, no money, or nor money, and do not have two tunics. And whatever house you enter, stay there and from there depart. And wherever they do not and whenever they do not receive you, when you leave that town, shake off the dust from your feet as a testimony against them. And they departed and went through the villages, preaching the gospel and healing everywhere. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Heavenly Father, Lord, I love you and thank you so much for this opportunity to preach this word that you've placed upon my heart. Lord, may it fall upon ears that are listening, hearts that are opening, open to your word. Guide and direct, and we just give you all the praise, and we ask these things in your precious name. Amen. As I said before, today is not a traditional Palm Sunday message, but I believe that it's a piece of the puzzle that led up to Jesus' trip to Jerusalem. Yes, there's several more chapters to go in these sermons. Now, if you were here on Wednesday night, we're already up into chapters 11, I believe it is, 11 and 12. So uh, we're getting there. We're getting there quicker on those uh, studies. And I do invite you to come because we are learning quite a few things. And, and I do like the uh, discussions that we have. So uh, please, come on out on Wednesday nights and uh, join with us on those. I notice that these uh, scriptures that Jesus sent out the 12 to cast out demons, heal the sick, and to spread the gospel message. And as I look at these verses, the one thing that really stood out at me today or this week was, was I wonder if we realize that we still have 
a mission today. As Christians, we have the ability, but do we have the faith to exercise those abilities? Do we have the desire? Do we have the desire to help people with their problems and see people come to know Christ? Well, again, what I want to do is I want to examine these verses kind of in an expository way and see what God, what Christ has to say for, uh, to, to us and see how well that we stack up today. So the first point that I'll be looking at is that Jesus sends us. And we see an example of this truth in verses 1 and 2 where the Bible says, now, I read the scripture in its entirety in the English Standard Version. I'll be looking now at the New King James, which really there's not much of a difference there. But I'll be looking at the New King James in, these, in this part of it. Then he called the twelve disciples together and gave them power and authority over all demons and to cure diseases. He sent them to preach the gospel. Did I read the right thing here? Hang on a second. He sent them to preach the kingdom of God and heal the sick. I was just going off on a whole different tangent. Sorry about that. Um, Jesus did send them, just as he send us, sends us. Of course, all of this was true of the apostles, but as believers, we need to see that Jesus has sent us too. In Matthew 5, 14 through 16, Jesus said this to all of his believers, and it says, You are the light of a world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden. Nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a lampstand, and it gives light to all who are in the house. Let your light shine so, I'm sorry, let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. We could say, you know, I'm just an ordinary kind of guy. There's nothing special about me. But I want you to look at these disciples, the apostles. They were ordinary kind of guys also. Not one of them was chosen by Jesus because they were rich or highly educated or had wonderful types of jobs. Do you realize, and, and kind of as our little video that Lindsay did this morning said, or pointed to, people come to church because people take an interest to invite them. Well, in this message, people are one to Jesus or have been one by ordinary people. Oh, yeah, the, you know, there are evangelists and, and people, we, we spread the gospel message as part of our job. But I'm telling you, folks, the majority of people are one to Jesus because somebody that they're close to, work with, related to, whatever, takes an interest in their spiritual life and tells them about Jesus. Are we doing that? 
Are we doing the same thing that, command, that the disciples, the apostles were commanded to do and go out and teach people about Jesus? The thing about it is, is we have to realize, friends, that we are chosen by God to deliver that message. That's what we do. Pastor King, he's a... He's a uh, a, a pastor in a, in a Methodist church. Sorry, okay, I'm going to quote somebody in a Methodist church. But, uh, oh, that's okay. That was kind of funny anyway. But he once said, there are reasons why God wouldn't want you and me to serve him, reasons having to do with our various inadequacies. However, we are in good company. Abraham was too old. David was too young. Moses stuttered. Hosea's wife was a prostitute. Elijah got depressed. Jonah ran from God. Noah got drunk. Jacob was deceitful. David was an adulterer and a murderer. Naomi was a poor widow. Samson had long hair. <laughs> Elijah had no hair. <laughs> James and John wanted to call down fire from heaven on some Samaritans who would not receive Jesus. Peter was afraid of death. And Thomas doubted the resurrection. But God used every one of them, and he wants to use us. Another thing that I found from the same Pastor King Duncan, who once pastored a church in the hills of East Tennessee, for 18 months, the average attendance was four. 18 months, four people. Sometimes there was six and on Easter, there was seven because an old gentleman named Claude who only came on Easter Sunday. But one time, Claude came on another Sunday. And about halfway through the sermon, Duncan saw a tear running down Claude's face. After church, Duncan went to Claude and asked if he wanted to talk. Claude looked at the pastor and said, Preacher, things aren't going to be like this around here anymore. Duncan didn't th uh, think much about it, but when he drove up next Sunday, the parking lot was filled with cars, and the church was filled with people. They had 58 people in Sunday school that day. Duncan asked Claude where all the people came from, and Claude said, Preacher, I know these hollers in here better than you. I went to some families that I knew didn't go to church, and I asked if I came up here Sunday morning and picked up your children, would you let them go to Sunday school at our church? And every once in a while, someone would say, Claude, you don't have to pick up my kids. I could bring them. And then I went to older people that I knew, shut-ins, and said, if I came after you Sunday morning, would you come down to our church? And every once in a while, someone would say, Claude, you don't have to come after me. My daughter could bring me down there. And preacher... This is what happened. That church was totally transformed because a 78-year-old man realized that we have been sent by God. And all of us need to be more like Claude because Jesus is the one who sends us. Friends, I've said that often, very often, People won't come because I'm of any great speaker, and we all know that very well, but they come because someone invites them. Someone takes the time 
to be interested in their lives. And they come. People, you know, by and large, we, you heard this, some of the things on the video, but by and large, and I look at a lot of different websites and statistics, by and large, people want to hear about the gospel. But there's just nobody telling them. And they're not just going to come wandering into a church to hear about it because, well, they, you know, a lot of people think that a church is a kind of a closed space and they don't fit in and, 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 and whatever reasons. Friends, it's you and me, but you that needs to invite these folks and say, hey, it's not a bad place. It's not a bad place. The next point I want to bring up is that Jesus supplies us. Verse 3, if you're still in your Bible, look at verse 3. Helps us to see the truth where Jesus said to them, and he said to them, take nothing for the journey, no staff, no bag, no bread, nor money, and do not have two tunics. Sending us out wouldn't do a whole lot of good if the Lord didn't give us the right supplies for the mission. And when we look at verse 3, it doesn't seem like the Lord cares very much about our supplies. But of course, Jesus had good reasons for sending his disciples out that way. Maybe, maybe he didn't want them to be overly attached to the things of the world. You ever thought about that? I think about it a lot. Sometimes I throw a little pity party for myself because, man, I don't, you know, I'm, I'm not driving a very, you know, a great, a nice new car, and I don't dress all that great and whatever else. And yeah, I work two different jobs, and sometimes it turns into a little bit of a pity party. And then I start studying for a sermon like this, and I start thinking, maybe the Lord just doesn't want me to get too attached to worldly things. Because I know I could have a problem with that. I know I could. Have you ever been too busy for the Lord? See, sometimes we get into that too. I know what being busy is all about. And sometimes when it when things come up and, and you got people asking you to do whatever and you got your job haunting you in your ear and everything else, you're thinking, man, I, I am too busy to do that. You know what? That's just the devil giving you an excuse really is. It's the devil giving us an excuse to not do what the Lord wants us to do. The most important reason that Jesus sent them out this way, at least I believe, was because he wanted his followers to be totally dependent upon him. And Jesus supplied them with everything they needed. For example, again in verse 1, Jesus gave them the power and authority over all demons to cure diseases. Did you know? I, I, I realize we don't come up against demons, at least the way they talked about it. But we have the power as Christians, those who have been sent out by God to do the things that we're supposed to do to cast out demons and to heal people, 
Now, you don't hear that a lot in the Baptist church, but we've got that power. Now, I personally, I, I believe that that power a lot of times manifests itself in just talking to people about their problems and leading them to Jesus, but we've got that power. But we've got to open our mouths, and we've got to come in contact with those folks. And the Lord will supply you also with everything that you need. I don't know what to say. I go up to the door and I, I don't know. You know what? The Lord will give you what you need to say at that particular time. We may not be able to heal people like those first disciples or in the way that they did. But we have more power than we realize. We have the power of prayer and we have the power of the Holy Spirit living inside of us. And we have the promise that God will supply our needs. Matter of fact, if you look on the board here, the Apostle Paul told us in Philippians 4.19, And my God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Friends, that is a promise that is not taken out of context, that is a promise to us that our God will supply us with everything we need to do what He has told us to do. This great truth reminds me of an old story. I found this. and A lot of times I see things in, in sermon illustration websites and whatnot, and I saw this and I had to go look it up because I, I remembered it. An old story in Reuters that was reported from Vancouver, Vancouver, Canada. It was about some baby ducks that fell through a sewer grate at the, on the side of the road. The amazing thing is that the mother duck wallowed up to a police officer passing by on foot patrol and she grabbed him on the pants leg. This officer's name was Ray Peterson. If you want to look it up, Type in Ray Peterson and it'll come up to this. And at first, Ray thought the duck was just goofy and he shoved her away. But she grabbed his leg again when he tried to leave. Then she waddled to the sewer grate where she sat down and waited for Ray to come. When he went to the sewer grate, Ray saw eight little baby ducklings in the water below. He got a tow truck to help remove the heavy metal grate and he used a vegetable strainer to lift the ducklings to safety. Mom and her babies then headed off to a nearby pond. Folks, Christians, we're just like that mama duck. We're facing burdens we cannot lift by ourselves, but we know the person who can. Just remember, God shall supply your needs according to his riches in glory. By Christ Jesus. And lastly, when Jesus sends us out, He supplies us. He supplies us by instruction. Jesus instructs us. Whenever the Lord sends His people out, He instructs us on what to do and what to say. We've already seen one of those instructions in, in verse 3, but now we're going to look at another, the last part of it. And again, let's look at that verse. And he said to them, Take nothing for your, the journey, neither staves nor bag nor bread nor money, and do not have two tunics apiece. 
Now let's look at another instruction in verse 4. Whatever house you enter, stay there and from there depart. Now that's something we don't do very often anymore. You know, I can remember the days when an evangelist would come when I was a kid and we would have a sign-up sheet or something. And back then our revivals were not just three days or a weekend or whatever. I mean, the revivals would go on sometimes two weeks. And I can remember that, I, you know, we didn't put the evangelists up in a hotel. We'd have a sign-up sheet and people would put their name down. I'll keep this guy this for this long. You remember that? Any of you remember that? I always got kicked out of my bedroom when the evangelists would come. Go sleep on the couch or something like that. But it was a good time to get to know the guy. And I believe there was a good reason for this instruction. Christianity is not a fly-by-night operation. And the Lord wanted His disciples to stay long enough for the people to get to know them, long enough for the people to see the difference Jesus was making in their lives. And I believe that's an important lesson for us also. Somebody is watching us. Can they see a difference? We used to sing in that quartet that I sang at for so long, you may be the only Jesus that some will ever see. A lot of times it's also said you may be the only Bible that some will ever see. What do they see when they see you? What's your Bible look like in their life, in their eyes? What's your influence look like in their lives? Let's also look at the instruction in verse 5. And whenever they do not receive you, when you leave that town, shake the dust from your feet as a testimony against them. Here the Lord wanted them to learn how serious it is to reject them. Have you learned that lesson we need to let this truth sink in more and more friends there is a consequence to denying Jesus willfully that consequence is hell and there's also a consequence for us not sharing Christ with people the blessings that will be withheld we must share Christ. Friends, there's a lot for us to learn. And yes, it is a lifelong process. But Jesus will teach us all we need to know. And we can learn his lessons. Now, friends, I, I really do believe that much of that instruction comes through things that we call Sunday school through Bible study on Wednesday nights, through getting together with other Christians and talking about You know, that's really what fellowship is all about. Fellowship is not just passing a plate and eating some chicken or whatever it might be, although I like that. But that's not what fellowship is about. The word kononoia is a fellowship. When I was, in, when I was working at, at the seminary, a fellowship was a group of people that would get together and discuss the same ideas between each other and come to a common agreement. That's what fellowship is all about. But sometimes we have taken that word and say, well, it 
got to have food attached to it. No, not that it's bad, but no, what it is is that we get together and discuss. That's why I like what we do on Wednesday nights so much is that we're not, I'm just not up here blabbing away, although I tend to do that sometimes, but we're up here discussing what these scriptures mean. Once again, I'm going to I'm going to quote from King Duncan from his uh, the missionary book that he he wrote called Living Expectantly. I'm sorry, not King Duncan, but Brian Harbor. Many years before this young man had a great desire to answer God's call to the mission field. After he applied for the position, the young man was asked to report for his examination at three o'clock in the morning. He sat in the in the waiting room until eight a.m. Five hours. When the missions examiner finally showed up, then without a word of explanation for this five-hour delay, the examiner said, "Let's begin the test." First question: Please spell Baker. Young man answered, B-A-K-E-R. Very good, responded the examiner. I'm impressed. Now let's see what you know about numbers. How much is two plus two? The young man answered, four. Fine, the examiner said. You have passed the test. I'll recommend to the board tomorrow. At the meeting the next day, the examiner spoke very highly of the young man and said he has all of the qualifications of a missionary as I discovered in my first test. First, I tested him, as I discovered in my test. First, I tested him on self-denial. I told him to be at my office at 3 a.m. He left his warm bed, came out in the cold without a word of complaint. Then I examined him on patience. I made him wait five hours to see me. He showed no signs of temper or impatience, even, uh, even though I did not explain my delay. Finally, I tested, him, uh, I tested his humility by asking him questions a small child could answer. And he showed no offense. He has all the characteristics necessary to be the kind of missionary we need. Friends, that's a kind of a learning we need also. And the Lord will send us to school. Because Jesus Christ has a mission for us. It may be all the way up to Canada next summer. But it is certainly right here in Vanderburg County. Matter of fact, our mission assignment may be halfway around the world. Halfway around the country. Or halfway across this room. to a co-worker, to a friend, to a family member. But one thing is for sure. If Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior, if you have professed Him as your Lord and Savior, then God has got a mission for you. Somebody's got to... Share the gospel with these folks. God loves us. Jesus died on the cross for us and rose again from the dead. 
and he will save anyone who will turn to him and receive him as Lord and Savior. So as we finish up this sermon and get ready to, to celebrate their Lord's Supper, let's ask him to complete our mission for the Master. And that is our challenge for today. Complete our mission. Are you willing? Let's go to the Lord in prayer as we prepare for our invitation time. Heavenly Father, Lord, I love you. Thank you so much again for this time, service, and this sermon. Lord, just convict us where we have failed you to, that we haven't completed our mission. In some cases, Lord, maybe we haven't even started. It's never too late. Guide us and direct us. We ask these things in your precious and holy name. Amen. Stand with me as